Hello, aventureros, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Casey. And I'm Jenny. And this is the show about coffee, adventure, and everything in between. So grab a cup of joe and enjoy the show. Today, we have a special guest here on the podcast with us. Uh, his name is Paul from Trinity Coffee Roasters. Uh, Paul was born and raised in the South Bay, and he's been in the coffee business for five years and been roasting for three years. He supplies coffee to businesses in LA, including, as most of you already know, Cafe Aventurero. And he's continuously been working with us to um, try to find that perfect shot of espresso that you all love. Um, and I'm excited to have him here on the show and share his story with us. Paul, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, so how's Glad it going? It's a nice Sunday morning here in, uh, in Harbor City. Yeah, it's beautiful. The weather outside is a little overcast, and um, I'm feeling a lot better. I partied late last night, and so now I'm <laughs> drinking of iced vanilla latte, so that's hitting the spot. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, that's a really great intro. Uh, thanks again for having me on the show. I'm pretty excited to be with you guys and to discover some more cool things about yeah. coffee. Yeah, so let's get the tough questions out of the way. Let's do it. What's your uh, favorite coffee drink? I love the cappuccino. The cappuccino? I do, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, I do love black coffee, uh, but there's something really special about getting espresso-based drinks. Mm -hmm. And I have a, a preference for two shots of espresso mm -hmm. with a little bit of milk. And a little bit of froth just for the texture. I, I really like the blend of the layers of what a cappuccino does mm -hmm. from the strength of the coffee, uh, tasting the coffee, a little bit of uh, fatty uh, texture from the milk. Mm -hmm. um, and nowadays, everyone's getting flavored drinks. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if I can get a flavored cappuccino, then I'll go for that. Mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, someone uh, someone does come in regularly and gets a pump of vanilla in their cappuccino. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then another lady came uh, and asked right. for a macchiato for her mm. husband. Yes. And when people ask for macchiatos, I'm yes. always very, like, hesitant mm. because, you know, at in Starbucks, they call right. a macchiato, like, some kind of, like, a latte, basically. Right. They call their lattes ma macchiatos. So I don't know if they, they updated that. Okay. So people have come in and asked for macchiatos. When they really want a latte. Right. So this lady comes in and she's like, oh, could I have a macchiato for my husband? He loves that. Right. And I'm like, okay, I'll make it. Like very, you know, still suspicious. Right. And I make it as a macchiato, which is a double shot of espresso with <clears> just <throat> a little bit of foam on top. Like, that's it. Mm. It's just a little tiny drop of foam. I don't know. Did you know that? Yeah, the yeah. mark. Ma macchiato. macchiato. Yeah. What is that? Uh, well, the macchiato is just a mark. Oh, oh, Mark. Oh, good. Mark. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's a good way to remember that's that. Good, good yeah. way to remember, yeah. So just a Mark. And I made it for her, and I'm like very hesitant. Like, is this what you want? And she's like, oh, yes, that's perfect. And I was like, all right, cool. Oh, because she knows. Yeah, we got, a, we got a real one here. That's interesting you say that because yesterday my sister came to the shop. Right. And she shared with me that she went to a small coffee shop. She's a flight attendant. Oh, so good. she nice. wants to go to coffee shops, you know, get her day started. And yeah. she ordered a macchiato, mm. thinking it was like Starbucks. So oh. when she got it, she was she she cursed and she was like, "What is this?" And right. she went on social media and she was like, "Y'all, like, what's happening here? Can someone explain?" Yeah, and I don't know if you did. It was a while back. Oh, but okay. Someone explained to her. She was just very disappointed. So mm. then yesterday she came and she's like. 
Did you know that a macchiato is not like Starbucks macchiatos because they put a bunch of milk? Mm. And I was, I was like, yeah, because of you. Like, actually, because of her, I learned. Ah. Because I never order macchiatos. I don't mm. really... I always go with ice vanilla lattes. Right. But, yeah, and our listeners know <laughs> I'm always ordering the same thing. But because of her, I learned that. And she learned the hard way because right. she ended up drinking this very caffeinated drink. And well, she enjoyed it, but mm. it was funny because she's quite a character. And, yeah, so yesterday she was like... Do people order macchiatos? Mm-hmm. I mean, I I haven't worked here long enough to know, right. but yeah, I guess they do, and here they yeah. know the yeah. difference. Well, I've only had two orders for macchiatos, That's but enough. yeah. yeah. But yeah, so she was just like, oh, it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think there's something to be said, though, about the way you two as business owners are communicating the drinks and your knowledge base. Mm-hmm. Um And then the disconnect between the average consumer of coffee mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's still, it it still can be a very intimidating thing to walk into a coffee shop not knowing the language. Mm-hmm. You have an idea of what it looks like that you like, but you don't always have the right words to mm-hmm. express what you want. Mm-hmm. And that can be very hard because the lexicon in coffee, and then when you get to specialty coffee, is is so layered and nuanced. Mm-hmm. We talked about it before about like texturing milk and like what does mm-hmm. latte art look like. Latte art for a latte does look different on a cappuccino or a cortado or some other beverage that someone might not know. And Mm. so how do you provide the best customer service? You know, how do you reap the most reward on your drinks? Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, how do you leave the customer with the impression of wanting to return? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Because if they get into their car and then they feel a little... Um, cheated or misled mm-hmm. that they're drinking yeah. something that they thought they were ordering and they didn't, it creates a attitude in them that second guess. And I don't think any of us in business want right. to serve that, right? Yeah, yeah I'm mm-hmm. always like super careful when of, of how I say it. I, I actually try not to correct the customer too much unless, right. and I'll just like make the drink mm-hmm. and... And then if they want something different, I'll make that as well. Right. Like when someone orders a cappuccino, they actually might want a latte. Right. And I'm not going to be here like, are you sure you want a cappuccino? You know? Right. So I, I'll just make it. And then then I'm like, if they complain or say anything, of course, I'll make a new one. Sure. Um, but yeah, I'm always like hesitant to try to talk too technical about, oh, this is actually a cortado and this is a right. cappuccino. and. Oh, yeah. Well, as someone that's a brand new barista in, in this world and field, yes, and as someone that sticks to the same milky drink, for me, I actually like to specify what it is because, in a way, I'm learning and I'm letting them know this is what that's I'm great. making for you. That's great. Is that all right with you? And yes. they'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's perfect." Or they'll say, "Actually, yeah, not three shots. Can you use a two shot?" So Good. by me telling them, oh, "Okay, it's, it comes with three shots. Is that okay?" Mm-hmm. And or whatever the drink might be, then they refine it, and then they know, okay, I'm gonna get exactly what she told me, and right. I'm doing exactly what I said I was gonna do. So in a way, mm-hmm. I'm still training, but interacting with them, having That's a great. conversation mm-hmm. with them. Like uh, yesterday, I had someone uh, that was with their friend, and they said, "Oh yeah, I'm not really trying to get too caffeinated. I haven't had a drink. I haven't had food." And I was right. like, "Oh, by the way, this comes with three shots because they order a large drink." And they were like, "Oh, does it? Can you just like take one out?" And I was like, "Yeah." So I was listening to the cue, like their conversation, and I, was, and I mentioned that, like, oh, it's three shots, is that all right? And then some other person, 
asked if it came with sugar, like another drink, and it didn't. I forgot which one it was, but I know it didn't. And mm. I said, oh, would you like one? I can add it for you. And they were like, yes, please. And so that conversation allows me to learn and That's make great. sure that we're getting the same. <clears throat> we're on the same page about yeah. this. So if it is nasty, then it's like, oh, I ordered this, you know, like or whatever the case might be. I really love that because I think in business too, right, your job is to provide an answer for a need. And so right. you have the benefit knowing that when a customer comes in, they want coffee most of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so your job is to listen yeah. and to mirror back what their issue is and then say, okay, great, I could help with that and mm-hmm. boom, you yeah. got them. Yeah. So that's great. So yeah, it helps for me to just be very detailed. Yes. So let's get into your story, Paul, yeah. is that fine? Uh, so why don't you tell us about how you got started? Like when, sure. when was it that you took the first step into, if you remember that first step, mm-hmm. like into the coffee business, sure. coffee world? Sure, yeah, so I think where I could start first is um, paint a sort of narrative of who I am. And then mm-hmm. in that, I think I can add the layer of my interest in coffee and how I started as novice, curiosity individual wanting to learn more about coffee and then how that transitioned slowly into business. I think that might be an easy way of communicating it. Yeah, and that's actually kind of how we did it too, right? We started coffee roasting or coffee brewing at home and Mm -hmm. then moved into like, oh, we could make a business out of this. I love that. I think it's in those type of life path cycles that you're able to really maximize who you are as a person, mm-hmm. find your purpose, and then use your gifts to make money. And mm-hmm. I think that's a really healthy way of doing it. Mm-hmm. There are times in which you got an MBA, you were applying and you worked at Starbucks, you got let up, you know, let go and now you you started your own small little specialty coffee shop mm-hmm. and you worked the the e-commerce or commerce way of coffee and then you know starting that path but i didn't my path didn't look like that my path was i was you know six years old universal studios back back uh you know um, back of the lot tram ride wanting to make movies a kid um and i didn't know how to make movies my family was not in the movie industry and I've always loved movies as a kid. And um, I knew that getting you know, my high school diploma, going to junior college, going to you know, transferring to university was gonna be my trajectory of how I was gonna make money or how I, I wanted to live my life. Mm-hmm. And it was in that process that I discovered um, working in entertainment. So I have been working in entertainment off and on for over 10 years mostly in post-production. So a lot of the streaming companies that you know, I've worked with them to some capacity as a private contractor. And during that time, I had one uh, contract that allowed me to do about 10 to 12 hours of extracurricular. Mm-hmm. So I was there at this employer who, who you, you guys know would really like really well, especially on Sundays. And, um, you know, they have football games on Monday and Thursday. Mm-hmm. And so I worked at this place and um, I had to work 30 hours a week and it was flexible. And they said, Paul, you can come in here 30 hours a week, any days you want. And that was really neat. I did that from 2012 to 2016. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I was, I had a curiosity for beer making. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, home brewing. Mm -hmm. And this was the time when micro, uh, they called them microbreweries back then. Uh, breweries or, or craft beer wasn't really a part of the lexicon of the way us average consumers were talking about uh, alcoholic beverage. Uh, during that time, there might have been maybe two or three uh, breweries in LA County. Now there's over a dozen or over 50 actually. Mm -hmm. And during that time, um, I was learning about the production of brewing beer, bottling beer, and um, having post-production experience, I, I already knew all the marketing strategies that breweries were trying to leverage or trying to install and trying to socialize to meet demand of consumers. And during that time, um, I learned how to make beer, and it's in, through beer that I found my journey in coffee. Mm. Oh. Okay. What made you do the transition? Um, I think it was a mixture of two experiences. I think the first experience was that the the art form or the practice of brewing, distilling, and that alchemy was something that I found really incredible. Mm -hmm. The idea of taking key different ingredients and then converting them into and then and then making a different art form or a different product was really fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up in the kitchen, so um, I, I don't come from like a culinary background. And so I didn't spend a lot of time in the kitchen as a kid or a teenager, even in college. Um, we sp even now I try to be really, really resistant to going to restaurants, but I really enjoy the art of making food at home. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like prepping the ingredients. I really enjoy uh, reading the instructions on how to prep certain types of food. Um, most recently, I've been trying to dial in my uh, broccoli. Oh, and so okay. I spent a lot of time reading and trying to find the best way of prepping my food. Mm -hmm. So much so that over the last month, I've been experimenting with coconut oil, mm -hmm. coconut for like using coconut oil for my eggs, coconut oil to make steak, co using coconut oil to uh, bake fish mm -hmm. and trout. Uh, so I do like ideating, exploring different ways of prepping things. And so through beer, I learned that there is a, um, you know, a chemical level, chemical compounds of, uh, barley, okay. distilled water, hops, yeast, grains mm -hmm. to make a alcoholic beverage, like a beer. And then even in distilling using, you know, whether it's meat or mezcal or whatever, there are certain key ingredients that you can use and interchange that will, uh, influence the flavor of that product. And then, of course, in coffee, it's those same mechanics apply of chemistry, ratio, ratios, those kinds of things. So mm -hmm. I think the application uh, from, well, I think maybe the application of wanting to learn how movies are made and making movies, working in the industry, the curiosity for beer, how things are in relation in one another and how that affects taste and flavor. And then, of course, in coffee, it's the same principles, right? Where you're learning the coffee supply chain of how coffee's grown, how it's brewed, and then how you serve it. So all of these three verticals of beer, entertainment, and coffee, it, 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 in my opinion, in my perspective, it is the same. It is the same process, but the product is different. But we're mm. still trying to reach the same customer. Mm. And for me, I think. Maybe that's my sweet spot, right? Is like okay. doing those things. Yeah. Nice. That was a lot. Sorry. No, no, no. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, when do you, do you have a roaster at home? Did you buy a roaster for yourself? And you, yeah. Is that how you learned how to roast? Were you um, 
learning from YouTube or books or from other people? Or yeah. How, so, how so the transition from entertainment to brewing coffee or brewing beer, then brewing coffee and then roasting is not as linear as you would think. So mm -hmm. for me, what had happened was about five years ago, I was brewing beer mostly for personal use. So my garage. Okay. And then on occasion, I would get invited to brew with some home brewer clubs that I was a part of mm -hmm. or a buddy of mine needed help brewing at their facility, a commercial facility. And it was in that experience that I was slowly getting asked to roast coffee for my neighbors. Interesting. And they, so, so it was really like a community need where a buddy of mine who was my neighbor wanted coffee that I was brewing for him on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And he says, Paul, you know, I, I would love to buy your coffee. And I said, well, Daniel, this, the coffee that I'm brewing is not my own coffee. This is coffee that I bought in Chicago or I bought in the Midwest or I, I bought locally here in LA. Uh, so it's not really my coffee. And then he said, well, hey, dude, you should, you should, you should be roasting coffee and selling it. And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Like uh, my love for brewing beer, mead, I was brewing a lot of mead at that time. Um, my love for brewing these, alcoholic beverages and brewing coffee is like really extracurricular. It's something that I'm doing for fun mm -hmm. or I'm doing part of, part of fulfilling my need for interaction, connecting, being social. I'm mm -hmm. not doing this for commerce business mm -hmm. yes. to sustain my lifestyle or even to uh, grow my wealth. So that that's not really something I want to consider. And over the course of six months, I started to grow something that I was doing with my ex-wife, we were brewing coffee in our garage and we did it every Saturday, maybe even Sunday, where um, I would, uh, you know, my love for making coffee grew into the garage. And then from the garage, it grew into the streets of uh, where I lived in San Pedro at that time. And people were uh, brew, uh, you know, drinking my brewed coffee and they were asking, hey, we wanna buy your coffee. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I bought a little B-more machine. I used the B-more um, machine. The B-more looks like a, a glorified oven, uh, or excuse me, a microwave. And it was in that machine that I used for about a year and a half. It, I, I grew from uh, brewing, you know, 60 grams of coffee to then roasting, you know, 354 grams of coffee, then mm. to, hey, I think we need to find a commercial roaster where we can start brewing 20 you know 20 pounds wow. of coffee yeah wow. yeah i thought that was interesting when you said um you know when people started asking you for the coffee um like where can i buy your coffee i think that transition is daunting i guess because you're like you're doing something for yourself right you're right you're enjoying the artwork of, of making this uh for yourself right um and then bringing some other people in, then you're kind of put at the front of the line, like, oh, now other people are going to try my stuff, and now it's going to be up at the front for everybody to see. And that's kind of how it was for me, too. Like, our mm. Cafe Aventurero started <clears throat> as just an Instagram page. Cool. I was, like, making 
my latte art at home, making videos, doing some other stuff, like taking pictures, like, oh, I'm working on my latte art. But it was just for me, just for Jenny, right? Mm. And then people started seeing the videos and they started saying, whoa, that looks so good. I want to mm. try it. But then I was like a little hesitant, like, whoa, I was just kind of doing this for me. But if you want to try it, then I started serving people like, oh, yeah, like friends would come over. Hey, I want to try your coffee. And then I make it. That's great. Then I'm then um, it's a little it was a little daunting for me to be like, I don't know if this is good. Mm. You know, go ahead and try mm. it out. But then you do get that feedback, right? Like, oh, it, it actually is good. And it um, kind of encourages you, encourages you to, you know, take that next step. Like right. what you said, you know, going from five pounds to 10 pounds to like, oh, suddenly we need yeah, a commercial, yeah. commercial machine or something. Totally. Yeah. So. Yeah. I remember when we first started making coffee to sell, it was after a lot of positive encouragement or encouragement and positive feedback from friends and family uh, especially because of our travels i don't know if casey has told you the history behind cafe aventurero why mm -hmm. it started but we love to travel and try in different coffee shops so we would share that as well on our social medias and people were just happy to just hear that and they would ask oh did you bring any coffee from over here or from over there mm -hmm. and they would want to try it so then he would have them over make coffee for them and I remember the first time we pretty much made it into a business, it was, we went bike riding mm -hmm. and he had a little trolley in the back and we mm -hmm. went to the park. Oh yeah, yeah. It was oh my like, gosh, I love that. It was like 8 a.m. and we went to our local park and we just, you know, opened, we had a cooler, what was it? Yeah, it was it a was cooler cooling. and we had like the drinks that you brought today. Yeah. Just bottled, bottled coffee. That's cool. And we were just there and we were like, coffee, and we had a sign. Like, it Love looked like it. a little banner. And yeah. we actually sold a couple. And Good. It was so exciting to see that because I yes. think taking that step, you know, when you're doing it for fun and just for, you know, recreational purposes. And yeah. then you just move on to interacting with strangers and sharing this love for mm. something you're passionate about. Yeah. It was very encouraging because even though we sold... <clears throat> I think like three or four, but mm. Casey has always said, as long as we sell one, we're mm. doing good. That's good. And I remember the first one we sold, we were both just cheering silently, yes. like, okay, yeah. we did it. Like, we yes. have one. And then from there, we just kept going. And um, yeah, it was really exciting to just see that transition from something that started in just our travels and yes. something personal to something big. And now we're here and it's just very nice seeing it grow in that way. Yes. Yeah, and, um, Man, it, I love that. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to... I, I like that we're taking this time now to kind of appreciate the process because when yes. you're, as you're doing it, and we still are, you know, you don't get to stop and think too much of like where it all started from. <laughs> those, those moments, those memories are really humbling because I think it's in those, uh, the, the recalling of where you began, you have a focal point of where you, you want to go. Mm -hmm. Or it, 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 it can also be... I think you mentioned it earlier today before the recording, these forks in the road where, you know, you're doing these um, activities to meet the demand of the city or mm -hmm. local government or even local customers. They're wanting specific things from you from the menu or you're having to make business de decisions with accounting and staff and employees. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of lose sight of why you started yeah. to <laughs> serve in the yeah. first place, right? Yeah. I, I still... I still find it really neat when uh, family and friends share uh, photographs of me and Christina, my ex-wife, starting these the early parts of what Trinity was, or I have graphic designer friends that share me screen grabs of some early iterations of what our brand was back then. Mm -hmm. 
And then, of course, I, I still get inspired by seeing the Be More uh, on Craigslist when someone is learning how to roast coffee and mm. thinking like, wow, like I was so afraid to roast one pound, which is, you know, 453 grams. And then now, um, you know, we're doing hundreds of pounds a week. And I, I it's, it's incredible to uh, be in a place where the fear has gone away of having so much coffee that you need to sell. Mm -hmm. But then also too, just um, the way that life will direct you sometimes out of your control where you know you're transitioning to different things and you're growing and you know you're trying to meet demands of of the community or you're trying to find your audience and coffee and who you you know who's going to buy your coffee mm -hmm. and so you kind of will just naturally be adaptable to your environment and you'll mm -hmm. continue to grow but then also too it's it's your willing to wanting to be agile and wanting to maybe suspend um your attitudes to meet other people where they are mm -hmm. and then just grow. And I think that's like yeah. the greatest story for, for business and, and coffee. Yeah, I thought that was funny when you said <laughs> you saw, you would see uh, the Be More machine on Craigslist. I actually put up my homebrewing machine machine that we started with, the DeLonghi yeah. or something. I think I bought it for like 80 bucks or something, mm -hmm. 90, I don't know. And it was a good starter machine. Yeah. But I'm like, well, I don't really need it anymore because mm -hmm. I have the better machine here. Sure. Um, so I put it up on Opera, and a bunch of people have hit me up, uh, like, "Hey, I, I really want this because I I put it for super cheap. I guess I put it for twenty bucks, and they're like, is there anything wrong with it? I'm like, you know, I just have a much better device now, you know. But people yeah. want it, and I'm like, I could see that they're getting started in their coffee journey, you know. That's so great. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm excited yeah. for you, you know, to get started yeah. on this journey. There's no going back. I have a question. No, there's no going back when it comes to the journey of coffee. Yeah. How do you deal? So, for those that do listen to the podcast, mm -hmm. uh, and, and you could just tell them, like, if they want to start a business, how do you deal with those insecurities of, oh, is it going to work or not? Because you mentioned fear and how you're getting rid of that. Sure. How long has that fear been in you? And is it like a process that you just have to have it like next to you, like on your shoulder, like, oh, mm. it's there, but I'm ignoring it, or does it feel you? Or how do you deal with those insecurities of, is it good enough? Or yeah. is it going to be successful? It's mm. a really good question. And as you're, you're speaking, I thought of three things immediately. I think the first thing is being in community with people that think like you or that don't think like you. That's going to push you forward. And so what I mean by that is if you do struggle with fear specifically, I think it's good to be in community with other people that are also trying to overcome that fear as well. Mm -hmm. And the only way to do that is to be honest with yourself. Hey, I'm afraid to invest in a coffee shop because I don't want the risk of losing $250,000 on building a cafe. That is my honest answer, right? Okay. That, so when people ask, Paul, why don't you have a coffee? Why don't you have a coffee shop? That, that's the answer. Okay. And is the fear of losing $250,000 really a major fear? I mean, I guess in the context of a lot of things, maybe not so much. I, I don't have the fear of dying, mm. that's for sure. Um, I don't really have the fear of worrying about what people think of me. But is the loss of $250,000 on a coffee shop really a major fear? Mm. Not really. But I think it's it's socializing that, right? Being aware of what that fear is and being able to confide in others and to be empowered by that fear, to share it and um, not be, uh, 
grappling with, oh, I wonder, I wonder what Casey and his wife thought of me when I mm -hmm. said that. Like, you know, what, you know, so I, I think that's the first step is yeah. acknowledging the fear and being in fellowship with other people. Um, I think the other um, part of the answer to your question is, is mindset. And so the mindset, like I have a natural negative self-talk mindset, mm -hmm. like that is natural to me. And so when I do things, it, there's a lot of psychological warfare that's going on in my head, right? Mm -hmm. And with the, my negative mindset, I love, adv uh, I love adv uh, advisement and I love counsel from people that are smarter than me. Mm -hmm. I will quickly shut up to a professional in a specific field and I'll listen. And so that helps me with my mindset because I'm not a mind reader. I'm not a perfect, I don't know everything. Mm -hmm. And I fully acknowledge that and I certainly need help from professionals. So to help with my mindset, I will go to an advisor and if they can give me bits of information and wisdom for free, I would gladly mm -hmm. accept it. And sometimes I have to pay for that. Mm. Um, so that's the second thing is adjusting your mindset. I think the, th the third thing, um, when, it, when one is dealing with fear and everyone is gonna be different on how they, uh, uh, approach their fears. Uh, for me, what is really helpful is um, is being programmed to do and not to think. Mm -hmm. I intuitively love thinking. I love strategy. I'm very detail oriented. I'm very um, pensive, thoughtful, intentional. I, I, I think about all these things before I do something. And so in my business to help me overcome fear is to program myself and just do. And the way that I do that is I create a routine. I don't go outside the routine. I do the exact same thing every day because I know that that one degree of performance every day will help me subside the fear mm -hmm. and it'll help me not to do what I really wanna do, which is lay in bed and just chill all day because <laughs> that's what, what I would prefer to do versus after me with Casey, he has a problem, I gotta go help him. Or I gotta, there's another part of my business that needs area, I, I gotta do that. So I gotta make sure that I'm doing and not just thinking, because mm -hmm. otherwise I'll just grow in fear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. thank you, thank you for sharing. Yeah, I, what about I, you? I agree, I do that too. Like action, you know, just as long as you get a few uh, your things done that you said you were gonna do that day, I think that's fine. Like, I, uh, <clears throat> so I kind of, I, I, to market our business, I go right. pass out flyers. Love that. And honestly, I'm like, I'll just pass out 10 flyers today. You Good. Know? Need to talk to 10 people and that's it. And sometimes I get that done in like 10 minutes, you know, go to 10 houses, but sometimes they don't answer the door. Sometimes they don't want to talk or whatever. So right. it might take it a little longer. But once I do that, then that's it. You know, I'm done for the day. Um, can I speak on that? Yeah. Can I respond to that? Sure. So I love what you're saying because you have a quantifiable action, right? 10 doors and door to door evangelism. I, I, I really do believe in that. And your goal of 10 people a day is measurable and achievable. Mm -hmm. I, on the other <laughs> hand, will create goals that are too big oh. <laughs> and they're not small to achieve. And so mm -hmm. I get analysis through paralysis. I'm thinking, 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 mm -hmm. and that overthinking stuns me. Mm -hmm. So I love what you're saying because that is going to work. Mm -hmm. No, it, it has been. Um, I have had that analysis paralysis recently because, <clears throat> you know, more people, we've, we've had like slow growth here. Great. And people have been telling me how they can get like huge growth with like social media marketing or, or whatever. 
And then I get into like, ah, oh, I need to do all these other things. I need to make videos and posts and, and engage with people online. And sometimes it's like, I don't like, I'd rather just post a video, a nice little video and have people enjoy the little, you know, mm -hmm. clips or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so when I get into that analysis paralysis, I move back to like, all right, what's something simple I could do? Something I know how to do. And that's it. You know, just pass out flyers. Right. Or just record a nice little video. Um, so all that other stuff that I was talking about, like it, it is helpful. But when I get into it too much and I start overthinking that, I, you know, it takes a lot of work for me to move back to the simplicity, the simple things I can do today to move our mm -hmm. business a little forward, like one step forward. Yeah. Mm, thank you. Yeah. What about you? How's your? How have you dealt with? fear and overcoming it for me i i'm more of a i overanalyze i've always been like that and casey can attest to that i've always been one to not take that jump just sure. because i feel like i need to be 100 percent confident it's yeah, going to me, work me and you think alike yeah that's what you said <laughs> that's all we like, need casey exactly <laughs> i put my trust in him that's why i married him <laughs> and i'm glad he buys my coffee because he <laughs> We're pays my bills <laughs> we're thankful but yeah casey you're doing it man thank you we're, so much we, we're riding on your success <laughs> we're, we're doing it together yeah. no pressure but you're doing great um so pretty much like i mentioned earlier at the park when we were selling i was so nervous i was just like sure. why am i here like i don't i i love interacting with people but i don't want to sell something to people i don't want to uh, push that on yes, people because yes. i don't like it when they push it on me mm. so i like to treat people the same way i want to be treated mm. but casey's more of a well this is a it's a drink you know people enjoy this this is something that someone one person will like this one person will be like oh let me try this and it did work so it was me putting my faith on someone that believes in this mm. and when he said as long as we sell one drink we're fine then that was like, okay, that's manageable. My goal is just one person and then I can ride my bag home, you know, and chill <laughs> right. and watch TV. So when yes, I got one, <laughs> yeah, so when I got one copy sold, yeah. I got encouraged and I got pumped. So when I saw the Love result, it. like we reached our goal, how much more can we do? Mm -hmm. So then that applied in the sense of the business because it, I mean, it doesn't apply to all aspects of my life, right? but in terms of the coffee shop, as long as we get one sale a day, he's always just told me that. If mm. we make one sale, we're good. And mm. every day it's like that. Like, okay, as long as yeah. we get one thing done, like, it's okay. Like, I'm yeah. on the right path. So mm -hmm. I think the fear is still there or mm -hmm. the doubt that maybe this wasn't the best idea or sure. whatever the case might be. Uh, but I always remember Casey saying, like, as long as you get one person or if you get one thing, <clears> or whatever <throat> that plan is, then you're fine. So with me, fear is just now in the back of my head. Like, okay, mm. it's there. I'm acknowledging I have fear of this or doubt, Good. Good. but I'm still going to push forward and try to get that one sell. And yeah. yeah, it's been happening. And to add on to that, I think having that mindset of like, oh, it's just one person, it also um, makes you grateful for that one person, mm -hmm. right? It, it turns your fear into gratitude of like, oh, I'm grateful this customer came in. I'm grateful mm -hmm. they... Um, you know, like the coffee. So having gratitude take over your mind and take over your mind from fear, um, it, it, you know, shifts your mindset. It like yeah. makes it, makes it easier to come in and do the More hard doable. work. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Well, I really love what you're saying. Cause the word that I think about is how one would foster community because that is what community is, right? 
Um, now there's a thin line between community and commerce, but when you're trying to, as you mentioned, right, Casey was informing you that you just need to sell one. Part of that is his innate intuitive desire to be, you know, have this entrepreneur spirit, right? Mm -hmm. Where like, Hey, we're going to sell one. Mm -hmm. Your, uh, your fear was subsided with his reassurance. So he kind of shifted your mindset to Mm -hmm. think differently that helped you cope with your fear. Or Mm -hmm. I think he had said, um, not anxiety, using another word I can't recall at this very instance, but um, I, from my experience too, in my journey from, I love coffee, it's it's an interest of mine, then I grew into a novice, then a professional, now um, one that's in business in coffee. My business is reliant wholeheartedly on customers and how do I find a community of people that will buy mm-hmm. it? And how do I fulfill a need in the marketplace for people who want specialty, high, exotic, mm-hmm. nuanced coffee? That is like a whole nother thing that is a conundrum, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to, you know, having a product and trying to sell it. Mm-hmm. But there is something to be said about how do you foster community where you're not so much interested in selling something, but you're just mm-hmm. engaged with people and wanting to invite them into experience or participate with them mm-hmm. and grow something natural. There's something mm-hmm. really special about that. Yeah, right. yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, taking a step back to, yeah. to what Jenny said, um, uh, another thing that I always kept in mind um, when thinking of like, what does a successful day in business look like? Mm. I was like, at when, when we started, I haven't thought about this in a while, but when we got started, um, I was thinking about it mathematically. I'm oh, like, okay. okay, there's, well, I'm just throwing a number out there. There's a million people in LA, right? Uh, in Lincoln Heights, where we, where we started. Oh, well, we were in Southeast LA at that mm-hmm. time. I was like, there's a million people in this area. If we have 0.00001% of people, you know, and that's like, when you think about it, it's like, that's nothing, but that's like 10 people right there, you know? Sure. Um, so thinking about it mathematically, like you don't need to sell to everyone, not everyone. There's going to be 999 <laughs> million right. people who are, don't like your coffee. Right. But if, but that leaves a hundred thousand people. Yeah. You know? Just that 1% or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like just cause you're selling to 1% of the population doesn't mean it's a bad business. That yeah. means you're selling to a million people there, or a hundred thousand, whatever it was. But yeah, thinking that, and that's how I am when I pass out flyers. I'm like, I'm gonna pass out ten flyers. Nine of them are gonna say I'm never going to your coffee shop, <laughs> but one person's like, oh, come check it out. Yeah, yeah. That's all. I really love that. So I, I've been kind of obsessed with this idea too, because and in, in, in a different way. So you know, having been divorced or right, separated for two and a half years now. I I see a lot of my friends at my age, I'm 36, at my age trying to attract guys. Mm. And my friends are, they're trying to almost be evergreen. They, they, they're attracting all different types of people. And I used to think how I used to, and I was recalling how I used to think before I was married, which is, I'm just, I only really need to attract one person. <laughs> only one person is really there for me, yeah. right, that I need. And now that I'm single, I think about that now where it's like, I'm not really trying to attract anyone mm. right now, particularly. Uh, I'm just really trying to be myself. And mm. I think about that in in my application to my business because 
the more I myself in my business, the more that Trinity Coffee Roasters is special in its identity, mm-hmm. it can attract a lot of people, mm-hmm. but all those people are not my customer. Right. I'm, my business is a trying to attract a specific individual. And I think in that way with you, when you're passing out these flyers, you have to fully acknowledge that not every one of those flyers is gonna come back here yeah. and say, hey, we, you dropped us at my door, we're here. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a small few. Of the 10, it might be just one. Yep. But that's it's worth going to though, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it, I think it's worth going to great lengths to attract that one person. Yeah. And the second thing that I wanted to mention uh, in response to what you're saying is that one person that walks in your door can be a referral mm-hmm. to yeah. 10 other people. In my business, our word of mouth has been the most, um, uh, our word of mouth has been the secret sauce in my business. Mm-hmm. It's, it's um, the, you know, someone might advocate or be a brand ambassador for my business because they bought it or they tried it. And then they're like, hey, you should try this. I tried it. And then, you know, mm-hmm. that $20 turns into a $60 yeah. order. Yeah. So you just never know. Yeah. 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 I, I do want to share one experience that Casey shared with me when he was flyering. That was really funny. It was an elderly couple. <clears throat> and I think the man answered the door. <clears throat> and then he asked, like, oh, what do you have or whatever the case was. But he engaged in conversation with Casey. And Casey was there telling him what we're about. And the wife from inside the house said just take the paper or something yeah. like that and get back in the house. Yeah. So it. it was just more like she was not interested. She was just like, here he goes again, talking to strangers, getting flyers. Right. But Casey continued talking to the man and it was just like a, a nice chat with the man. Mm-hmm. But he found it funny that one partner is very like, no, stop. I don't want the flyer. Sure. And the other one, the man was just like, okay, what are you about? Like he was just <laughs> trying to have this conversation. Yeah. So it goes to that. Like, yeah, just because one person doesn't want it, doesn't mean that the other person I love that you know so I, I don't know if that. they came or not but it was just funny to hear like and it's interesting because yeah that's the case with a lot of people yes. like you mentioned referrals like that man maybe doesn't drink coffee but because he liked Casey he might just give it to the neighbor and be like yes. hey you should go check this out mm. or whatever or he might have convinced his wife hey it was a nice young man like we should go check him out and see you know what he's yeah. about I can I, I know Casey you were gonna say something but I would love to respond to yeah, that. Yeah, go for it. Um, so I think the shift in the the logic and the thinking is helpful in trying to sell coffee specifically. So I encountered a similar situation where on Saturday a guy doesn't drink coffee and instead of pitching him, well, usually I would. Oh, you don't drink coffee. Why not? And then I would, in the back of my mind, think of a product to sell him. Mm. What I didn't think about is the referrals I could get from him if he were to tell my story to someone else mm-hmm. by saying, hey, I'm sorry you don't drink coffee. My products are not really going to be for you. But do you know anyone else in your family that would find these yeah. products interesting? Mm-hmm. Yep. That type of, that's like, you know, salesmanship and showmanship and then a little bit of, you know, crafty selling. I don't think like that intuitively, but I'm learning in my business to shift my thinking so that I can mm-hmm. be a, a good salesperson for the sake of and health of my business. Yeah. Right. From a personal perspective, hey, that it does suck that he can't drink coffee. Um, and and I'm really I was really curious too because I think based upon what he said, um, I think his his uh, restriction to his intake and coffee consumption has to do with his health and 
some type of cancer it looked like okay. um so i'm really sensitive to that and I, I had so many questions about his health pertaining to that not just coffee but i do have to remember that even as a business owner and operator i have to be very careful and you know asking people about their health and those kinds of things just for mm -hmm. the sake of privacy mm -hmm. but the referral system that you mentioned with the wife and the couple yeah. and how to work that is like i think so one of the challenges that all of us as business owners have to face mm -hmm. yeah right he might not drink she not, she might not drink coffee but that doesn't mean they can't come in here and get a bagel yeah yeah, yeah. right exactly. or a tea mm -hmm. so yeah 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 um yeah, I wanted to ask some, something you mentioned earlier about sure. you figuring out or re redefining or figuring out uh, Trinity Coffee's yes. identity. Yes. Um, so what is your identity? What yeah. is Trinity's identity? Yeah, so that's that's so good, Casey. So I I've, you know, I think every individual when they're born has this challenge that is going to plague them for the rest of their life, mm -hmm. whether it's daddy issues, you know, divorce, the loss of a child, your health. Uh, your career path, whatever your challenge is, that consistent thing that you're trying to overcome, mm -hmm. mine has always been my identity. I've always had a, a, an identity crisis since I was a kid. Uh, just because I, I, I thankfully have always been in my head since I was a boy. Um, <clears throat> my financial, emotional, um, housing security, food security, I've had all those reassurances. Mm -hmm. And growing up as a boy, the challenge I've always had was, who am I? Mm -hmm. And I've always, I've always been on this journey of finding my purpose, finding um, the reason why I do what I do. <clears throat> and I struggle with that all the time. Mm -hmm. there's, there's even books on this. There's a very popular book. It's like one of the top 10 sellers. It's like, start with the why. <clears throat> oh, I've read it. Sounds right. Yeah. Right. So um, I think that my story is, is so prevalent and commonplace that they wrote books on it, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so when I was ideating Trinity Coffee Roasters, I needed to center that business plan, that idea by starting with me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I couldn't detach myself from my business. It was really hard for me and I'm still learning how to do that. I, I see what I'm doing in my commerce and my business path, so much of who I am. Mm -hmm. And I think it's by design, I, I, I'm really thankful that I can <clears throat> create a business and have an idea that is so much me and make money off my likeness in coffee. I'm really proud of that. I really, I think I'm really empowered by that. And I would encourage everyone to pursue a business rooted in who they are. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most cool thing you could do. On, con on the contrary, or the flip side of that is you just sell out and you do whatever mm -hmm. to make money. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that either. There's nothing wrong with selling doggy toys. Mm -hmm. You can make a lot of money selling dog toys on oh, Amazon. Yeah. That's, that's not me. Mm. My, my business, Casey, has evolved so much so that I think in order for Trinity to have the identity it needs to grow in this next, the next phase of, of its iteration, I need to take a step back from who I am in order for it to grow. Okay. And what that looks like is, um, you know, getting people that are a lot smarter than me to advise on the day to day of my business to mm -hmm. grow it. Because okay. I'm really interested in wanting to create something that's successful, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm really, I continue want I can I want to continue to invest in Trinity Coffee Roasters, and see it like blossom so that it can do more things. Mm -hmm. But I realize that to the point that we were talking about before, the fear or the, the self talk. 
there's too much of that going on in me and I need to I need to make sure that I'm separating the two so that it can grow right yeah okay. nice interesting I have a question yeah. when you you mentioned it a couple of times when sure. you say that you go to people that are smarter than you yes. how do you determine that that's really good um I, I think it's it's very traditional in the way that um I look at their credentials so one of the my advisors that I call often he is a graduate from USC he has a business degree he has quantifiable success he okay. has quarterly benchmarks in his in for his employer that's in the millions so his insight is in my opinion worth listening to mm -hmm. um, so that's like maybe one way okay. I think the other way that I will listen to advice and counsel is based on trust. Okay. Um, do I trust this individual to give me impartial feedback that is beneficial to the company? I, I do a really good job at separating, hey, this is feedback for me that I need mm -hmm. to grow on, and this is feedback that I need to do for my business that's separate from me. Okay. Two different things. Um, and so I think that's probably the way that I do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, very traditional. I don't go to a shaman or look, go to witchcraft or cards <laughs> yeah. or go to my priest to uh, get advice in that mm -hmm. way for the business. Yeah. Um, and and even my ex-wife, she's you know she's a, uh, a you know a, uh, an accountant. So when I need help with my business, I can still call her and say, Hey, I have this problem. Mm -hmm what should I price my cold, my cold brew at? And she just does the math, she does her simple formula. I don't know what she's doing, I don't know the mm -hmm. magic behind that, but I can trust that okay. with her experience that she's giving me the best advice that she can. Okay. And then I roll with it. Mm. Okay. Um. Yeah, one thing I have learned to distinguish is uh, creative advice versus business advice. Like, uh. So as we started a business, I don't know, I'm sure you probably have had a lot of people come up to you, oh, you should do this, you should yes. do that. Ah, uh, yes. So, so, at first I was like, oh, all these people are giving me business advice, but then I started distinguishing, okay, which of these people have actually built a business, right? What kind of businesses are they running? And then I started to see the separation, like, some people gave me creative advice, like, oh, you know, you should sell this or that, that's creative. Be, if they haven't built a business. But then other people are like, oh, you should buy your cups at this place because they sell them two cents cheaper and you're going to save, you know. <laughs> right. So it's very technical when they start giving you business advice. Um, so that's kind of how I have been noticing my conversations. Um, that's fascinating. Yeah, like business people, they talk more um, like technical about sure. things, price. What's your profit margin? What's your check average? Things like that. And I'm like, well, this <laughs> is business advice. Yeah. You know, not like, oh, you should paint this or, or yeah. you need to do this or that. Yeah, well, I, I think that, I think from my experience, people have a, hold a lot of opinions and those mm -hmm. opinions have value depending yeah. on the person that's saying it. And as a business owner, I've learned to be open to all of the feedback and mm -hmm. opinions and then being able to ask targeted questions to see if they're really worth installing in my business. Right. But that's just from the business perspective and that's lately where I've spent a lot of my thinking. I would prefer to, to reframe my thinking in being more in a place where I'm thinking about creative opportunities in my business and that's where I would like to go because oh, okay. that's intuitive for me. Mm. I'm more comfortable with sitting back, thinking, planning 
versus we have to tear down this wall or hey, I have to get a different piece of roasting equipment or espresso equipment and installing that. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at that. But um, you know, having an attitude where you're open to the feedback, asking questions and seeing if it's worth installing has a lot of uh, value. That's the, ag- yeah. the being agile part of your business to shift and mold and to grow potentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So definitely, you know, we, we love feedback here at Cafe Aventurero. Yes. And as Paul mentioned, at Trinity Coffee Roaster, he takes all the feedback. And yes. I do appreciate you asking me all the questions that I hadn't even thought about when you asked me about, um, you know, what am I looking for in a coffee? What flavors, what aromas am I looking for? Right. And those are things that I didn't really think about until you asked um, me. So I really appreciate that. How did you both? start working together how did this relationship start yeah so our relationship started when i had a lot of fear about coming to meet casey and i thought to myself he's already in business it's been two weeks i had all the negative self-talk a coffee roaster probably approached him already he's probably had several cuppings a few months ago he's probably already signed a deal with uh, with a wholesale partner he's on contract he's in Harbor City, there's no way that I'm gonna sell him coffee. And I had all this negative self-talk and fear. I'm with my accountant in Harbor City who, who grew up in Wilmington. Uh, I've, I also grew up in the neighboring town. And he and I are talking and uh, he's, he says, uh, Paul, what are you doing later? And I said, you know, there's this guy who opened up a coffee shop down the street. I'm just gonna drop off samples. I'm just gonna give it to him and see what he thinks. And he says, okay, cool. So then after I left my accountant, I came over here, I dropped off samples and I said, hey, more negative self-talk. You probably already have a coffee roaster. Uh You probably already have a deal, but I'm giving this to you as a gift. I live in San Pedro. Um, I don't know what pain problems you have. I'm not sure what problems you're trying to solve in your business when it comes to coffee, but these, uh, this coffee pack is for you as a gift. If at any point in the future you change your mind, all this like kind of negative like approach, mm-hmm. right, of thinking. Uh, and Casey was like, "Cool, we're you know, um, thank you for dropping this off. We, me and my wife and I, we were just thinking about what we're gonna do with our coffee mm-hmm. program." And I said, "Oh my God, thank you." And and um, and so I had all this negative self talk. And so um, when I dropped off the coffee samples, Casey said, you know, I'm glad that you are dropping these off. Me and my wife are just having this conversation on who we're going to partner with. Mm -hmm. And so it was in that overcoming fear and negative self-talk that I met Casey. And ever since then, um, my approach with Casey is, Hey, what problems are you trying to solve? Mm -hmm. What are the problems that you have here? Yeah. Whether it's espresso, custom, whatever, I don't really know. I, that's when he needs to tell me what the answer is (laughs) because I want to be in service to him. Um, in that way. Yeah. yeah. And little did Paul know that when you came in, you did solve all our problems yes. because <laughs> we, we, I was in touch with a few suppliers, mm-hmm. um, some of the bigger names. Sure. Um, and it just, they were, it, it just did not seem to be working out. Mm-hmm. Like for one reason or another, um, you know, they were, they had delayed responses or, sure. or the coffee wasn't mm-hmm. good or whatever. Well, in um, short, nobody walked through the door yeah. to provide yeah. their so, coffee like you did. Yeah, and then I think I went home that day and told Jenny, like, yo, this guy came in, he yeah. he gave me samples, he was super friendly, we're going with him. 
sure. Yeah, and that's that's like really hard, right? Because that also like that approach is is um, evolving. Like the way that I approach and the way that mm-hmm. I target customers, the way that I'm trying to find new business partners, mm-hmm. that that didn't come five years ago roasting coffee in my garage, brewing coffee for the neighbors, right? Mm. I'm kind of learning how to do that, but Mm. one of the things that I think I'm really good at is being present and trying to help with the problems that you might have when it comes to coffee. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also too, like even my customers that buy coffee on our coffee subscription is like, hey, what are you looking for in a coffee? I had a friend, she just came back from a crazy European tour for three and a half weeks, she was on vacation. She's texting me right now and saying, hey, I ran out of coffee. I need coffee. Bring some pumpkin spice cold brew too. Mm. And that's my job is yep. she has a problem and I'm here to solve it. Nice. nice. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, well, Paul, thanks for coming on on the show. We definitely hope you could come back because there were a lot of topics that we want to get into, dive into a little more. Um, we had a long list here, but I think we're uh, coming up on time. Um, so, Paul, why don't you tell our our listeners where they can find you, where they can find your coffee? You can find me online at Trinity CBC on Instagram. We are also on TikTok, Trinity CBC. That's Charlie Bravo Charlie. Um, and then you can find us on YouTube, Trinity Coffee Roasters. We have a small YouTube, YouTube channel. And then, of course, on our website, TrinityCBC.com. And uh, we have different products there on our website, including our cold brews and our coffee subscription. So if you don't drink coffee, but you want to try it, go to our website, order a bag. If you want to referral our coffee brand to someone else, try it. But more importantly, I'm asking you guys to come into the shop and buy some of our coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll yeah. definitely put all the links uh, in the show description, notes. Oh, the good. show notes, so that they can just follow through there. Okay. But yeah, thank you so much for coming. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Until next time. Bye. <laughs>